<laughs> down in the valleys. That's exactly right. Uh, anybody that's ever, where did it go? Anybody that's ever seen? Hang on. Uh, I ever seen Sergeant York? That old movie based on the, the life of the real Sergeant York, Alvin York, World War One. Hero, Medal of Honor recipient. He was raised there on the, the border of Tennessee and Kentucky. And one of the things that they you know, had a desire was that land down in the valley because up on that rocky side of that mountain was a, a hard to grow some garden. And uh, we can apply that spiritually. It's down in the valley that God, you know, the valley times, maybe our dark times, you know, the the... The sunshine is shaded by the, the, by the mountain heights and one thing or another. Uh, and, and there's times of dark times uh, in the valleys and so on and so forth. But, um, but it's there in the valleys that God uh, grows us the most. And uh, just like he does the crops. And there's the good soil in the valleys. And uh, I mean, I, I've been to... The Rocky Mountains, I thought, I thought the Smoky Mountains was high. <laughs> they ain't got nothing on the Rocky Mountains. And um, the Rocky Mountains, been to the Rocky Mountains, standing up on top of one of those mountains, and you can just see and see, and it's a, it's a wonderful experience. I mean, anybody that's ever been on top of something, I, you can even do that right down here uh, at Lawton, that one little circle thing that you, you go up and around, I forget what it is, but... You go up on top there, and you can just see miles and miles and miles. It's just an experience, and it's just something about that that uh, experience of being up high and being able to see and so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, there's there's not a lot of growth up there. So, I mean, and I like those mountaintop experiences when it comes to um, spiritual things and, and those high services, as some people would put it, and where you shout her out and, about the things of God, whether your salvation or his soon coming or or all kinds of things to, to be joy, joyful in, but um, the growth comes down in the valley. I appreciate that song this morning, and uh, God just helping her uh, through some of those valleys that they've been experiencing, and uh, hard times, and helping them grow a little bit. Amen. All right, if you will, uh, I guess we're going to be in Acts chapter 1. I'm going to be in all over the place, and I want you to follow along today. Uh, and let the scripture speak to you. I'm just going to guide as a preacher, proclaimer. Uh, I'm going to guide us in the scripture and in one thing or another. But I want you to see God's word uh, about these, uh, this particular subject, uh, Christ's return. I was thinking, you know, uh, I contemplate a whole lot, especially in my, in my job, my, profession, my secular profession uh, there on the base. And... Uh, Keeping up with the news and how it affects um, the uh, the folks that we train and one thing or another, and then as your pastor and as a pastor of the church here, uh, I also con- do a lot of con- contemplating as well. So uh, uh, a contemplative, I guess I am sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I think a lot and um, and muse upon things and and just how. How the world situation, how it affects us, why, why me? <laughs> Sometimes I, 
I, I think about that as well and why he's got me where he's got me in, in, in my walk. And then, you know, uh, there's, been, uh, there's been young men, men that I know, men my age even, uh, uh, men, men preachers that uh, made statements along the lines of, I was born out of due time. You know, I should have been born back in Spurgeon's day. I should have been born back in... And he named some of these preachers of old... And though God used those men, Spurgeon, you know, he didn't write uh, these books that we have of him. Basically, he just preached the sermons and pe people out there pinned down his sermons. And that's what we have today when we read after him. So his sermons live on and his sermons are still used and still, uh, still drawn upon and still referenced a whole lot. And, and his wisdom and God uh, uh, and the wisdom of Spurgeon and many me, other men uh, in the day, in that day, just like John, uh, John Bunyan, uh, who wrote Pilgrim's Progress while he's in prison, a Baptist preacher, by the way. Amen. And, um, you know, God used them in that day. Uh, he wasn't a Baptist, but, you know, Amazing Grace was written at the hand of uh, uh, John Newton. And uh, we still sing and we still draw upon that song and, and can, re, you know, uh, find. And then his, his, um, his companion, I guess, in the ministry, um, uh, Calvert, 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 who wrote There Is a Fountain, uh, suffered depression and stuff like that. But those were men in that day and God had them for that time. And, and I often look at Esther and, you know, when Esther was said, who knows? <laughs> you might have been put there for such a time as this. And I, and I, I draw upon that. And, and I look at the world situation. I look at where I'm at uh, and the people I'm before. And I just think about, and then even there on, in my secular job, he's got me where he's got me in the day and hour that he's got me in for his glory and for his honor and for his business. And, uh, and, and some of the, and my experiences in my life, whether it be my military service or my time, you know, in the ministry and things like that, and, uh, and just the, the family he gave me and allowed me to raise, uh, I, just, I just wonder and, and things like that. And I just know that he's got me here in this hour and this day for a reason, and I just want to try to be faithful uh, unto him and and following up last week last weekend in the missions uh, uh, emphasis and the missions meeting that we had um, about sending men but about us doing uh, being busy about our father's business as well we'll see a little bit about that this morning but uh, you know he's got us here for a reason in the time and the hour that we that we face in this world situation not just our nation's situation, but our world situation, he's got us here. We just need to find out what his will for us is, get in the perfect will, get in the center of his will, and then just try to stay there. That's the difficult thing. I like that song. I think Kyla Rowland, I think she wrote it. She recently died. And uh, it's, it's, uh, the chorus was like, um, keep, me, keep me in your will. There's a little phrase there. Keep me in your will so I don't get in your way. <laughs> That's my prayer. God, keep me in your will so I don't get in your way. Because so many times when we are out of the will of God, we're in the way of God and what he wants to do in our lives. And so trying to, trying to stay, find the will of God for our lives and stay there. 
is a whole whole nother thing. Not my message this morning, but uh, that's a little prelude. Acts chapter 1, uh, we're going to get there, but I'm going to start off just with, uh, and we're going to wind up in, in, in 2 Peter chapter 3, but in 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 4 saying, or it says, and saying, let me back up, the scoffers, verse number 3 of 2 Peter 3, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as it were from the beginning of creation. The promise of his coming. You know, recently, I mean, in, in times past, I forget what situation it was in the world that I preached it, but I, I preached uh, the, uh, the message that we're airing on the broadcast this week. Um, and... Uh, kind of dealing with, you know, the, the world situation and the fears and things that we face and uh, lots of times. And again, you know, in this past week, uh, the Ukraine is being attacked. And, of course, it's all that's in the news today. Uh, I have to agree with some of the, the, the uh, commentators uh, as far as, you know, what really does it have to do with us. Uh, I look back at the little video of Hillary Clinton presenting the reset button <laughs> to her her equal in Russia, and they tried to put reset in Russian on there, and they got the word wrong. <laughs> I forget what that meant, but but I was wondering. Apparently, that reset button with the relations between the United States and Russia didn't work. <laughs> They, uh, but uh, then also read some of General George Patton's comments about Russia and the Russian people back in the end of World War II when he seen firsthand just what kind of a people that they were. I was reminded of, in this past week, reminded of uh, a, uh, a statement that Lisa's grandfather, World War II veteran, come back saying, if you ever get a communist down, put your foot on his neck, don't ever let him up. Obviously, we've let him up. And Patton wanted to cut their neck off. <laughs> uh, I read a statement that said, if, if we'd listened to General Patton at the end of World War II, we wouldn't have had Korea or Vietnam. <clears throat> Just saying. But God knows, and God knows the weeks of this event. Uh, these events and and some things must come to pass. And that is the it. The the scoffers are saying, where is the promise of his coming? We've heard all of our lives that Jesus is coming back. Well, he is coming back. And uh, and whether you're post or pre, (laughs) pre, post or, 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 uh, yeah, pre, mid or post, there we go. He is still coming back. And, uh, and the promise of his coming is still there. And we're going to look at the, the, the return of Christ and Christ's return. Some scriptures here. Hopefully be a blessing to you this morning. Uh, he is coming back. The key is, are you ready to meet him? And, and maybe it was presented this morning, you know, that salvation. And I appreciate what he said as far as uh, uh, that eternal life. Because many people have made several professions. Lisa's made several professions, you know, two or three professions, probably three professions. And, and then where I've only made the one, but there was times that I knew that I should have gone and didn't. 
Uh, I've got some children that had made several professions, and others here maybe have made several professions. Others made just the, made the one. Uh, but the key is, is when you get in, you know, he, he talked about God keeping you in that, as I explained to a, a couple at a yard sale this past summer, uh, when, you know, they was raised in a church or they, they had gone to a church, was influenced by a church and the doctrines of that church, that you could lose it, that you could lose your salvation. You know, and I, I took them over to John chapter 3, and I said, well, John chapter 3 talks about a new birth. You know, and Nicodemus asked, how can a man be born again? Can he enter in a second time into his mother's womb and be born again? And the answer was no. Because, again, he was trying to put, put that to the spiritual, to the, to the physical. And, he, and Jesus is basically saying, no, this second birth is a new birth. It's a spiritual birth. But like your first birth, like your physical birth, like the family that you were born into, My sons and my daughters are mine. <laughs> they belong to Lisa and I. They have our genetics within them. You know, when they do wrong, they're their mamas. <laughs> they're your son. Or they're your daughter. <laughs> when they do right, they're mine, right? That's how it goes. You know, the kids have been terrible all day long. Jennifer, you know, Josh shows up at the door. Jennifer goes, your children. <laughs> <You know? laughs> We've all understand that. Sometimes we do wrong and they're like, you know, you have that. We do wrong as spiritual children, but none, we are there, God's children nonetheless because of the new birth. It does break our fellowship if my children wind up in jail today. Obviously, their sin and their crime that put them in jail would break my fellowship. It would break my heart. It would, it would hurt me. But the fact of the matter is, they're children of mine. They still belong to me because of the birth. As a child of God, I still belong to Him. Should I sin and should I break fellowship, should my sin cause Him to grieve, just like my child's sin would cause me to grieve, should they wind up in jail. But they're still my child. And that new birth is a very important thing. And he's right there in the middle of it in Romans chapter 5. We're getting ready to see. In fact, as he was speaking today, and I was looking and I was seeing, I was perusing the scripture there ahead of him. <laughs> and I seen life, life, life. And I took my... my, my um, I highlighter out and I highlighted life, life, life. He gives us eternal life. He gives us a new life. We're new creatures in Christ. Old things have passed away, the Bible says. Behold, all things have become new. But you have to have that eternal life to be ready for His coming. You have to have that relationship. Otherwise, you will be left behind. And we're going to see that in the scripture today. Again, I want you to invite you to follow along. In Acts chapter number 1, uh, Luke is the writer of, of Acts. Luke, as he, uh, and, and so the Gospels are over with, and, and we see a resurrected Christ here in Acts chapter 1. Uh, verse number 3, to whom also he showed himself, well, that's back up. Just verse number one. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, 
of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was, what? He was taken up. A resurrected Christ rose up into the air. And we'll see that in a moment. He was taken up after that. He, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So he gave instruction to his apostles to go to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Ghost to come upon them. And you see that in the next chapter. Verse number 6, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, Who is this? This is the eleven that had come together. They asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel, the kingdom to Israel? Now again, they still didn't get it. (laughs) They still didn't get it. John chapter 13, they didn't get it. John chapter 5, at the end of chapter 14, they was headed to the garden and they still didn't get it. He's having to tell them on the way to the garden, look, I'm going to have to die. This is going to be a very long night for you, you know, being followers of me. And all the way through there, they didn't get it. And it wasn't real. I mean, after the fact, after the resurrecting Christ, even to the road to Emmaus. And they said, look, we went all the way back into the Old Testament, and I, I showed my disciples, but they still, even here, didn't get it. They thought that he was going to put his earthly kingdom upon the earth at this time. And they're asking, when is it going to be? And they're still looking, and, and, and he is going to set up a kingdom on this earth. But as he says here in his answer, the Father knows when that's going to be. But they were still looking for that earthly kingdom to be made. And, and we're, we're in the Gospels, they didn't see, they was expecting. But it wasn't, they didn't understand the rejection of the Jews and the engrafting of the Gentiles. Hallelujah. But anyway, so they're asking the question, um, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the other most parts of the earth. And that's coming again right after the missions weekend that we had. That is what we're supposed to be doing as a church. Again, to be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth, and that corresponds with their Jerusalem was the city that they lived in. The Ju- Ju- Judea was the, maybe the state that they lived in. Their Samaria was the country that they lived in. We can, we can make application. And then all the parts of the earth, as we see in missionaries, we're to, we're to be witnesses here at home, or you know, across the street, across the, the city, across the state, across the country, and across the world. 
And when he had spoken these things, verse number 9, while they yet beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Can you imagine? There he goes. And then, then he got up into the clouds, and he, they couldn't see him no more. And as they stood there looking up, verse number 10, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee... Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. He's coming back. It was heralded. I don't always have alliteration. This is the way it got come to me today. It was heralded that he is going to be coming back like he was taken away. His birth was heralded among the angels as his two men in white apparel in Luke chapter 2. And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field. Jesus had already been born, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So angels uh, heralded his first, uh, his first coming when he was a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. And, and apparently it just says men in white apparel, probably angels, as angels are messengers of God. They stood and they asked the apostles, Why stand ye here gazing up in the heavens? And then they heralded how he's going to come back the second time. As you've seen him go, that's the way he's coming back. Amen. They heralded his second time. And uh, so then uh, turn with me now to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, very familiar passage of Scripture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. He's coming back in the clouds. He, went, he was taken up from the earth. Uh, and, and caught up into the clouds, and he's coming back. Uh, when he comes back uh, fr- uh, in the clouds, First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 13. First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. Now, Paul, now this, is after the, this, is, this is after the Gospels, okay? And this is, and Paul had been called up into heaven. He didn't say it was him, but you know it was him by the way he wrote it. He'd seen things that he didn't come back and say on the earth. He just, there's some things that I've seen that I can't say nothing about. But God allowed him to see some things and allowed him to pen them in his, uh, his epistles, which Peter refers to in 2 Peter chapter 3, and we'll get to that in a little while. But allowed him to see some things and he allowed him to show some things and tell some things. Of course, he had already said those two men said, look, and the two, there was two witnesses in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let everything be established. So there was two men there and they said, as he left, he's coming back. And we read it in Paul's writings here. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe, here's the key, here's where salvation is, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, 
Even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord, he's coming, shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself, now the two men said, he went, he went up, he's coming back the same way. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Amen. So I have the heralding. We have the heralding by the angels that he, he came uh, as a babe. We have the heralding by the angels that like you see him leave, he's coming back. And we have a hoping right here. You know, there are some that have no hope. They're going to be left behind. They have no hope that when they go to the grave, should they go by the way of the grave, they have no hope that they're going to ever get up out of that grave. They're going to die like Brother Cooley so vividly last Sunday morning reminded us of hell. And the rich man died. And in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torment. That's the scriptures. And there's no hope there. There was no hope of him ever getting out of the flames of the torment. He knew that. He says, look, I'm, I'm here. I mean, he didn't say that, but he said, please send somebody back to my brethren. He knew that he was banished to hell forever by saying, look, he said, if you'll just give me some relief with one drop of water, he didn't say get me out of this place. He just said, I'd like some relief with a drop of water, and if you would go and teach and preach to my, my five brethren that they don't come here to this place. And that was preached last Sunday morning in Bro- Bro- Brother Cooley in, the, in our Sunday school hour. You know, they have no hope. And people that, are remain, they, the people that die lost have no hope of ever getting up again. And people that remain here at the coming of the Lord that's not caught up together with Him in the air to be forever with him, they're left behind. There's no hope. There's no preacher anymore preaching to you that, hey, you need to come to Jesus Christ. They're gone. There's no teacher saying, look, Jesus Christ is the way. They're gone. We're all, there's no Holy Spirit pulling you to him. He's gone. No hope. No hope. But there is a hoping for us that know Jesus Christ. There is a hope. Brother Hall, you know, like I said last night, his little saying at the end of his broadcast, keep looking up. Jesus may come tonight. Bye for now. We can look up as a believer. We can look up if we go by the way of the grave. We can know that when we lay our brother Brunson, I was asked, talking with him, just kind of telling him about the dates of our meeting. We spoke briefly about the passing of his father. And he said, you know, he said, I was there. I was got the phone call early in the wee hours of the morning, went down, sat by his side. 
And he said, you know, he said there was no fear. He said, he goes, all the way up to the end, there was no fear. There was no pain, he said. I don't think he was in much, any, any pain. He just died very peacefully. Yeah. You know why he died peacefully? Because he, he had a testimony of knowing Christ, yeah. and he has a hope that should he close his eyes in death, that he would open his eyes as a soul and spirit and see Jesus on the other side. And he got a hope of one of these days, that old shell that goes back to dust is going to get a new shell, amen. We're going to get a new body, amen. We're going to be raised in his likeness, hallelujah, according to the scriptures. We've got a hope. And what a blessed hope that that is. We sing, whispering hope. If in the dusk of the twilight dim be the region afar, will not the deepening darkness brighten the glimmering star? Then when the night is upon us, why should the heart sink away? When the dark midnight is over, watch (laughs) for the breaking of day. Hallelujah. Amen. Hope as an anchor so steadfast. Rends the dark veil for the soul, whither the master has entered, robbing the grave of its gold. Come, then, O come, glad fruition. Come to my sad, weary heart. Come, O thou blessed hope of glory. Never, O never, depart. I'm so glad we sang that song this morning. Then, Jesus is coming soon. Morning or night or noon. And we're going to get to that in a little bit. So there's a hope, and there's a hoping that we have. There's a heralding that he's coming back. There's a hoping for the believer that he's coming back. And it's not hoping as if it might not ever happen. It's a hoping in the fact of, I know that it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. And just like... uh, and like I quoted or read or whatever the other day in the very last couple of verses of the Bible, verse number 20 of Revelation 22, John writing, He that he which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. And the apostle John said, Amen, or said, Surely I come quickly, Amen. And then whether I guess John said amen, I agree with that, and said, even so come, Lord Jesus. There's that hope. He says he's coming, and I'm hoping, knowing he, 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 he said it, I believe it, but even so come. So well, what about my loved one? I'm still looking. I'm, I've got loved ones that's lost. I've got children that's lost. I've got people, there's people in here that I'd like to see saved. But at the same time, I know that he's coming. And should he come today, look, to see my Savior, to be able to live forever with him, to one of these days to be able to rule and reign with him, which I don't fully understand. But I'm I'm a king and I'm a priest according to the word of God as a child of God. I'm his child. I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ according to Romans chapter. I don't understand it all, but I'm just waiting to, I've got a hope and a blessed assurance. Like that song, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. <laughs> There's a blessed hope. 
that we as children of God can look to. And it's going to be, there's a hastening. We've seen that in our text there in Thessalonians. A hastening, a hoping, and a hastening. And we see that here in our text. Uh, Verse number, let's see here. Verse number 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead shall rise first. Then we which are alive... And remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet in the where I'm looking for. Uh, right. Looking for in the twinkling of an eye. <laughs> there is a hastening. It's going to happen quickly. Where? Yeah, I thought I had it there, but I didn't. First Corinthians 15. There we go. Let's see here. Where? Thank you. All right. 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. We just heard about the trumpet and the shout. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this incorruptible must be put on incorruption, and this, Im- and this mortal must put on immortality. Amen. So what's going to happen? We're going to get a new body. It's going to, we're going to be changed. It's a hastening. And in Matthew chapter 24, I know you, you knew I was going to head that way. But key is in Matthew, I will, I'll get to that in a minute. Matthew chapter 24. Please turn to Matthew chapter 24 because we'll be in 25 here in a minute. There's a hastening. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 27, it's very interesting to me, and I've seen, anyway, Matthew 24, verse 27, that, uh, that twinkling of an eye, we're going to be changed. He's coming back. That trump that sounds, Matthew chapter 24, verse 27, for as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even into the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. How fast is that flash of lightning? Twinkle of an eye. So when we, when we have these storms come up, I don't know when the next storm system's coming through, but the next storm we have with the lightning, we just have that little flash. You, I mean, just a flash. How, remember those old square? <laughs> I know, I'm dating ourselves. The most square flashes that you put on your cameras, or even those that little bitty, but they're little tall. And you had all the flashes, but even just the flash of a camera. Some of you got flash, cameras with flashes on there. That fast. Just that blink, that flash. That's how fast it's going to happen. I read. I didn't read the article, but I was scrolling through some news headlines, kind of sort of thing. Seeing a headline. Some sort of famous person. I don't know who she is. Don't know. I don't know. There's so many different, quote unquote, famous people, but they they're nothing and nobodies like the Kardashians. <laughs> they ain't done nothing. They haven't. I mean, they didn't start off with nothing. Then they just got their influencers. What in the world is an influencer? Everybody can be influencers. They just got anyway. All this videos and stuff. 
But I don't know if it was one of those people. I don't know. I, don't, I didn't know the name. Let's put it that way. But some person of renown, but I didn't know him. The headline article, and it showed her in the bed, uh, hospital bed, with the vent and all the tubes and all the everything and all the whatever. Apparently she made it through because just the little statement on the article headline said, you know, something about, I didn't really realize how fast my health could decline. In a moment. In a moment. It's how fast we can be taken out of here. Not only at his return, but let's just bring it on down. You know, we go to bed one night, all is well, everything's good, house is, everybody's healthy, <laughs> and then the next morning, things have changed. You go in, somebody's not healthy, that fast, overnight. If they're not healthy, you got to call the ambulance, trip to the hospital, and then sometimes the doctor comes in and says, I'm sorry. That's how fast it can happen to any of us. Strokes, heart attacks, just our time is up. We're dead. Car wrecks, get a phone call. There's commercials going on about wearing your seatbelts. Some of these commercials that Oklahoma State Police has put out about having to, having, you know, the knock on the door being the worst the worst announcement that they have to make. But at the beginning of those commercials, it shows, it shows, you know, the kids going out, you know, I'm going out with Johnny, I'll be back. Shows the husband going out with the fellas, you know, we'll be down at the club, we'll be down at whatever, we'll be back. It shows about three of the family members leave, and then the next thing you hear is ding, ding, or a knock on the door, and there's three state policemen outside going, I'm sorry. There's been an accident. Whether it was wearing your seatbelt or drunk driving, one of the two, it was a, a, an ad campaign put out by Oklahoma State Police, which kind of makes you think. Amen. You never know. There was a, a man named Ralph, Ralph Cohen. I was still in the active duty Air Force. He was a civilian worker on Robbins Air Force Base in Georgia. He gave me six. I prayed in, and it come by his hand, 60 pounds of deer meat. Praise God. But we had a door and a little vestibule, just a very little entrance, and then a glass door that led out. Saturday morning was the first day of deer hunting season in, in Georgia, and he was in a hunting club. Him and his daddy went to go, and go out. He, he done got his tree, tree stand ready. He, has, he said, I got a great big tree stand. Way on up, we, we went out in the woods, me and my daddy built it, he said, I can lay down up there and go to sleep, take a nap if I want to. I got it all the way around the tree. And he said, looking forward to deer season. Uh, and I can see him today, looking at those glass doors, I can see him kind of standing half in the door and half out the door. He had a door and he was standing in the door and he goes, I'll see you Monday. Talking about deer season, first day of deer season. I can see him today. I'll see you Monday. I'm thinking, he just gave me 60 pounds of deer meat, and I'm thinking, praise God, maybe I'll get some more deer meat. <laughs> I don't know. I'll see you Monday. 
Then I get a phone call from our supervisor on Saturday afternoon saying, just wanted to call and tell you that Ralph died. His daddy come noon. He should have been in from the tree stand by now. So daddy went out, maybe in some up, somebody with him. And as they was approaching the tree stand, you know, safety, you climb up and you tie your, your gun off down here at the bottom, unloaded, like you're supposed to do it. Then you crawl, crawl up in the tree stand, climb up so you're not falling, maybe with a loaded gun. And then you pull your weapon up, your gun up, and then you load it when you're up in the tree stand. As they approached the tree stand, his gun was still swinging on the rope. He climbed up the ladder and killed over dead. I see you Monday. He couldn't, he didn't know when he left Friday afternoon that he was going to die Saturday morning. He didn't. That fast. It can happen to any of us. The key is, are you ready? Jesus could come, that trumpet should sound, and that shout in a moment, in a twinkle of an eye. We just read it as lightning, that fast. If it should happen like in the next little bit, we hear the trumpet, we hear the shout, all the all the dead in Christ would get up out of this cemetery. If there's any dead in Christ right down the road here in that cemetery, then we which are alive and remain would be changed. Caught up, gone. And all the non-believers would be still sitting here. Going, where did they go? That's how fast it could happen. A hastening. A hastening. And then Hebrews 10, 37, I've got the letters out there. I took I took my I took the uh, the announcement for the missions meeting off the sign. And I've got, I've got to add a B because it's the second part of the verse. But this is what we're going to put out on the sign. Hebrews 10, 37, For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. There's a, that's the hastening. Look, when, when God says go get your go, then he's coming. He's not going to tarry his coming. He's not going to say, wait a minute. When the father says go and he comes back, he's not going to look at the father and say, wait a minute. There's still this one is not saved. He's not saved. She's not saved. He's coming. He's not going to tarry. He's coming. He's coming. And when he comes, <laughs> there's going to be that shout. There's going to be that trumpet. We which are alive and remain are going to be caught up. If, we're, if we go by the way of the grave, we're going to get up out of the grave. Like what brothers. Brother Hall said about, about that, he says, it didn't say that we was like going to go just find ourselves straight to heaven. It says, uh, <laughs> let's see, then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever. We're just, we're just all going to be with the Lord forever. So shall we ever be with the Lord. We're always going to be with him from then on. What a blessing. But he says, it doesn't say that we're going straight to heaven. He said, we'll meet him in the clouds, in the air. He said, I just kind of have, I think we're just going to have a camp meeting. You know, just kind of skip across the the treetops and just have a time. (laughs) Whatever. But we're going to have a time. And the hastening, it's going to happen. And it's going to happen quick. Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 1. 
Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which shook their, uh, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five, were the, uh, five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their lamps with, uh, in, uh, in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a great uh, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet them, meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they were ready. And they were ready, or, and they that were ready went in with him unto the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. So I said, We have a hearkening. Then those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. They hearkened unto the coming of the bridegroom. They were ready. They had their oil, which is a type of the Holy Spirit, in their vessels. So they, they hearkened unto the, the call of the bridegroom coming. They heeded the call of the bridegroom coming to be ready. And then I put hollering for sake of... Alliteration, that was the, the, the foolish virgins. They went, they come back, the door was already shut. Hey, let us in. Sorry, I don't know you. You know, and that's the way, talking about the, the hastening and how quickly things can come up. Everybody reads the, the story of Noah and the ark and the destruction that come upon the earth. Uh, he mentioned the, 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 the wrath of God that come upon, and hit, a lot of times, you know, it's always depicted for the first time rain hit the earth. Doop, 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 doop. And this just shower comes on, maybe a little sprinkle, and then a heavier rain. And then as it rains and rains and rains and rains, it just slowly come up, and everybody found their way up to the top part, and they was banging on the door, let us in, let us in. No, 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 it wasn't. It says the earth, the, 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 the fountains of the deep broke up. Those people that live on the coast, <clears throat> there can be an earthquake way, way out in the ocean. And they have tsunami warnings. And you don't see this great big tidal wave necessarily, like it's depicted in some of the movies. The wave can be, the, the, it actually doesn't come up as a wave until it starts coming up as the land underneath the ocean starts coming up. That's when it starts building up. As long as it's out in the deep, it could just be, but the wave is coming. And it's not until the shallows come that the water raises up. And you could just be standing there looking out at the serene ocean, and there could have been an earthquake way out there. And all of a sudden, this wave that starts getting into the shallows just overtakes you that fast. I think about the tsunami several years ago that, that really impacted Indonesia. There was an island of very primitive people that nobody can go to, that island anyway. They'll, they'll, they'll 
they, they, those, those spears at the helicopters and things like that. Arrows, primitive bow and arrows. But none of them died on that island because something that they just knew nature that warned them and they all found higher ground. Whereas people in Indonesia had warning. Maybe they didn't have much warning, but they didn't heed the warning that they had. And they were overtaken. And for 120 years, Noah, a preacher of righteousness, the Bible says, gave a warning. But then they shut the door. Or actually, they got on the ark, and the door was left open for several days. And then when God shut the door, Noah couldn't open it because God shut it. And when destruction come, it was rapid. It wasn't, oh, no, you know, it's the water's raising. No, it was a heavens that was broken up. I mean, the fountains of the deep, and it was just destruction come upon them suddenly. And so shall it be when he comes back. It's going to be happen fast. It's going to happen suddenly. And then when he, when, when again, as I've already pointed out, when we are gone, there ain't no... Let us in. We should have we should have listened. We should have responded when you when you when you t- called us to come to you. We wasn't ready. And that's what it's going to be. A hollering. Let me go back to Matthew 24. And I, as I was reading through 24, and lots of times we, we read this, and I can understand why as you read this concerning his coming and, and when he's coming could be confusing. One of the things I wanted to point out, like verse number 15, verse, it starts out with when. See, Wins and thens. Verse number 16 is then. And as you read down through here, consider the wins and the thens. Because the space of time that could happen when and then. You know, the, the then happens, you know, certain things have to happen before the then takes place, but the when can be a lot of time. When, well, we don't know when exactly, but when it does, then these things are going to be. So, so there's where a lot of the confusion. And then also another thing that confuses people as far as the, the when it's going to happen is the fact that Matthew was written, they were still looking at the kingdom being set up here on this earth. Matthew was written to the Jewish people. Matthew was written by Jew, and again, in the gospel's sake, they wasn't even they they had no understanding. Even though the church was established in Matthew and empowered in Acts, they still again in Acts chapter one they still was looking for that kingdom to be set up on this earth. They they didn't understand. The, the Gentiles being engrafted in. They were still, it was, it, was a, it was a Jewish kingdom in their mind. So you've got to read Matthew with that mindset that they were thinking it's the Jews' kingdom that was going to be on this earth and, and it was written in that, that understanding. They knew the prophets 
They knew everything, that, that there was going to be a Messiah, there was going to be a kingdom, but they still hadn't, they didn't understand the church fully. They didn't understand the Gentiles. They didn't understand that Gentile bride. Whoop. They didn't understand a lot of things. So when you read Matthew 24, keep that in your mind as you're studying and as you're reading that. But here, all through here, he talks about his coming. But I want to get to the part here. Uh, let's see here. Well, that Noah, we just mentioned Noah, so let's pick up Noah right there. Uh, verse number 32. Now learn a parable of the fig tree, fig tree when his branch is yet tender and he putteth forth leaves. Ye know the, that summer is nigh, so likewise... Ye, when ye see these, all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour no man knoweth, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall the, also the coming of the Son of Man be, for as in the, in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the son of man, uh, uh, the coming of the Son of Man be. Yes, People's just going to get up and it's just going to be a regular day. And then it's going to happen. Then... Two shall be in the field, and one shall be taken, and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the meal. The one shall be taken, and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and a wise servant, whom is his Lord hath um, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Here it is, church. This is going back to last weekend. Blessed is the man, I'm sorry, blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, you're not ready. And shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and to drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him and in an hour that he is not aware of and shall cut him asunder and shall appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You have the, the ready servant. And the servant that's not ready. The one that says, oh, he's just going to delay his coming. It'll be okay. I'll get saved later. I can, I can live my life. I can get saved on my deathbed. There's no guarantee of that. There's no guarantee. You might not have a deathbed. I mean, before the Lord returns. Now, 2 Peter chapter 3, and we'll be finished with this, this passage. 2 Peter chapter 3.
he tells why he wrote this second epistle, this second letter. This second epistle, beloved, I write now, or I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of our Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of thy creation. Now, notice that in verse number 2, it wasn't just the apostles that was talking about his coming. It was the prophets. The Old Testament prophets told of his coming the first time, told of his kingdom the second time. (laughs) Said that he would set up a king. He was going to be governor. He was going to be counselor. He was going to be all those things. The Prince of Peace. So they, they, they foreseen it, they foresaw it, they didn't understand it all, but they, they prophesied of it. It was written in the Old Testament. And they said, look, and who is he writing to? Beloved, I now write unto you to stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. You read in the Old Testament, the prophet said, told of his coming. You've read of my writings and these other apostles' writings, the told of his coming. The scoffers are going to come and say, where is the promise of his coming? There's going to be scoffers. I've heard that all my life. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Scoffers, mockers. You're just trying to scare us. If I could scare you to heaven, I would. I'm just presenting you what the Word of God says. I'm trusting the Holy Spirit of God would draw you. Not me scare you out of hell, but he would draw you into himself and give you, like he says... And he would give you faith to believe what I'm preaching is true. Where is the promise of coming? Here it is. Uh Uh-oh. Watch it. Verse number five. For this they uh, they willingly are ignorant of that the word of God, that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in water whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished but the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men they are they willingly are ignorant i don't want to hear that that's that's your attitude they willingly are ignorant I will not to believe. I don't want to believe what the preacher's saying. I don't want to believe what the Sunday school teacher's saying. I don't want to believe what the Word of God is saying about His coming. I'm willingly ignorant. I don't want to believe that. But there are Geological, there is geological evidence of a worldwide flood. And it's been kind of, sort of, maybe noted, I mean, back in the 50s when people supposedly, maybe, kind of, sort of, possibly found the remnants of Noah's Ark on Mount Ararat in Turkey, modern-day Turkey. Why a Muslim country 
don't want the fact that the truths, if, if they did find the remnants of Noah's Ark up on that mountain, why would they want to give accreditation cre- uh, to the Bible? Because that would discredit what they believe. But it's true, nonetheless. There was a civilization and a worldwide flood destroyed them all, except for Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives. <laughs> and then he said, and he gave promise, I'll never destroy the earth by water again. Here's my rainbow to, to, to seal the promise. And we see the rainbows and we say, hallelujah. Thank God he's not going to flood the earth again. No, he's going to reserve the next, the next destruction, <clears throat> the next judgment. He's going to reserve it by fire. Amen. It's coming with fire and brimstone next time. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is a thousand years, and as a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering, hallelujah, to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's long-suffering. He was long-suffering with that one crowd. Before the flood, he gave them a preacher of righteousness for 120 years. He's long-suffering. He even said how long it was going to be. And he gave them a space of grace. He even extended grace with leaving the door open. (laughs) But when he shut the door, grace was gone. The opportunity was gone when he shut the door. And he's long-suffering toward us. Why is he long-suffering toward us? Why does he keep us here? Remember my musing about why am I here, Lord? Why am I here in 2022? Why was I born in 1967? And why in my life, why was my life what it was? Because And the Holy Spirit says, because I have a place for you in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, to stand and proclaim my word because I'm long-suffering. I'm not willing that any should perish. I've I've, I've called you to preach and put you in a place to deliver my message because I'm not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I've given them another opportunity, another Sunday to be here. Another Sunday to hear my word. But the day of the Lord will come. It's coming. As a thief in the night. In which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with the fervent heat and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved... What manner of persons ought ye to be? Let's talk to the saints of God now. What manner of persons ought ye to be? Going back to last week's sermons and messages. In all holy conversation and godliness. Looking for, looking, looking, looking like the wise virgins. Looking for and hastening unto the coming 
of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. We're looking for that day. I'm looking for Christ's return. Oftentimes in the years, things, world events will happen, and I'll look to the eastern sky, eastern sky, and I'll say, Today? Lord, are you coming back today? I know you're getting closer based on world events. And I know some things must come to pass. If we read in, 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 uh, earlier in, in Matthew 24, it said there'll be wars and rumors of wars. Current events. Earthquakes in diverse places. We just had three of them here in our state uh, a week or so ago. Smaller ones, but three in succession. A little heavier one a few weeks ago. At least I felt that one. We're going to hear of these things. Verse number 13. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent, that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless. Like that good servant, the one that was looking for him there in Matthew chapter 24. An account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul, here he is referring to Paul, according, or also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved brethren, or beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. steadfastness but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both for now and forever. Amen. And so he's writing to the church. Look, a couple of things, and we've seen holiness in Peter's writing as we're going through First Peter, that she ought to be in all uh, holy conversation and godliness. We're to look for his coming. We are to know that he's going to come. We're not to... Uh, we're to be steadfast in our belief. We're not to be led away with the error of the wicked. And we are to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's to the, that's to the believers. We have a blessed hope that he's coming. Look, it might get bad. I know things based on my job at the Air Force. And, and there are some things that could happen. There is, I won't go into all of it, but I'll talk later. But one of the things that could happen, there's an estimated, and it would just have to take one of these things. They estimated that the 90% of the U.S. population could be dead in a year's time. Ninety percent. So, so some things could happen. I mean, really easily, and it could happen that fast. That over years' time, things, uh, 
the livelihood of men as we know it in America can change. It's already changing somewhat. But I look at this, and, you know, the flesh is a little troubled by it, but the Spirit is going, even so, Lord, come, come Jesus. I'm looking for Him. I'm looking for deliverance. I'm looking for His promise. I, I'm, I'm waiting for the day that I'm going to get a new body. Hallelujah. I'm waiting for the day that I'm going to be living in a world, like he says right here, once he, once he purges this place, verse number 13, uh, nevertheless we, according uh, to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. All this sin of Hollywood, all the sin of Washington, D.C., all the sin of this world is not going to be anywhere around. It's just going to be pure. Can you imagine living in a new earth that's pure? In a heavens that's pure and holy? No, no, no heartache, no sadness, no turmoil. It's coming. And I'm going to be a part of it. And you can be a part of it too. Because of the long-suffering of our Lord. That's not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. We'll have a song of invitation. Brother Tim, Miss Pam, come. Jesus is coming. As we sang, he's coming soon. Morning or night or noon. And it pays to be ready. You can be like the wise virgins and have oil in your lamps, have the Holy Spirit of God in you. You're a believer, you're ready, you're watching, you're waiting, and you're ready and prepared for his coming. Or you can be like the foolish virgins. Not, not ready. You were there and you've heard, but you're not ready. You didn't have the oil in your lamp. No Holy Spirit dwelling within you. You never experienced a new, or you're like that one servant. You just, oh, he's, I've heard that all my life. I'm a scoffer. I ignorantly, unbe- uh, willingly, unbelief, don't believe what the preacher says. I've heard that all my life. That's just a bunch of uh, hoo- hoorah. That's just men trying to scare people and trying to, look, believe it or not, you can be willingly ignorant if you want to be. I believe it. And when I'm gone and you're left behind, well, he says you'll believe it, but the Bible says that you'll, you'll be given a strong delusion. You'll think that you have another opportunity, but you won't. God's going to send a delusion on this world. According to the scriptures. Don't, don't wait. Don't put it off. Today is the day of salvation. If the Holy Spirit of God is telling you, look, the preacher's right, and you're not ready, please let today be the day that you make things ready and make things right as we sing this song.